Hello and welcome to Engels, an LCMS Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we dive into another chapter of Connected for Life and discuss key roles of the youth worker with Pastor A.J. Mastic. In caring relationships, we can take on a lot of different roles. Encourager, confidant, friend, voice of wisdom. Uh, in ministry positions, we can take on those same roles and, and even others as we provide a safe and effective way for God's word to be proclaimed, taught, and for healthy relationships to be developed. Being a leader in youth ministry means navigating and building relationships over the long term at a time when teens are really rapidly changing. So that means the youth leaders often got a lot of different roles all wrapped into one. So to provide some encouragement on our work as youth leaders, we have our guest, uh, Pastor A.J. Mastic, who wrote a chapter in Connected for Life, uh, an essential guide for youth ministry, available now at cph.org. The chapter brings focus and important reminders around the key roles parents, church workers, and supportive adults play in healthy youth ministry. A.J. Mastic is the Highlands Campus Pastor at Renewal Church, a multi-site congregation in Denver, Colorado. He is a 2007 graduate of Concordia University, Texas, and previously served as a Director of Christian Education in Arkansas and Colorado. As a DCE at St. John's Lutheran Church in Denver, he entered the specific ministry pastor program with Concordia Seminary in St. Louis and has served as a pastor since 2013, planting Renewal Church in 2018. He is married to Megan, and they have four young children. AJ, welcome to the End Goals Podcast. We got to hear a little bit about your bio, but tell us more about your vocations and about things that bring you joy. Uh, it's so so great to be on here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been told I have a face for radio, so I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to this, uh, being in my giftedness. Uh, but yeah, I think you hit the big ones, right? Uh you know, vocations as husband, as father, as pastor, uh, in that order. Um, you know, my wife is, is a true joy to be around. I have an awesome partner for, for life's adventures and shenanigans. And, you know, we have these, these four amazing kids who are between nine uh, and two at wow. the moment. And, and that's just a lot of kids. Like, let's be real, right? <laughs> I mean, um, we just try and keep up with them. And it's a lot. It's a blast. Um, you know, of course, I'm weirdly, I'm the oldest of 16. So, you know, us having wow. four kids, my parents are like, that's nothing, right? But, um, <laughs> you know, they, they adopted a lot of kids. Uh, that's their heart, and that's great. That's um, awesome. Four keeps us busy. Um, and, uh, and I love the community I serve in uh, at Renewal. Uh, this is an awesome community that I sort of accidentally began planning a number of years ago through my life group, uh, my small group uh, at church. And, and lo and behold, now most of the people that were in that group are life group leaders uh, in the new church, uh, in the new campus, um, or leaders in other ways. And so it's cool to see God working um, long ago in our journey. That Sometimes we don't pick up on how he was working until later on. Uh, but I absolutely love the people of Renewal Church. I do ministry with, with the most awesome community. And so uh, that's a joy. And, you know, other things that bring me joy uh, would be like, I'm a guitarist, so I love playing electric guitar in our worship team. Uh, jamming out a little bit. Uh, I definitely wanted to be a rock star when I was a kid. I don't know about you guys, but, um, <laughs> you know, playing for the worship team, I, I love it. Um, uh, you know, I living in Denver, 
has, has turned me into a fitness person. So I'm that annoying awesome. person. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but no, I, I do the orange theory a couple times a week, uh, you know, turn me into a cyclist, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I enjoy working with my hands, whether it's gardening, whether it's working on the car, so much of what we do in ministry is, is highly relational. Um, and, and sometimes is in front of a computer writing content and things like that. And so I, I just love getting out and working with my hands as well. And, and I don't know about you guys, I find that using my gifts, uh, brings me close to the Lord, um, helps me to, to live sort of the abundant life in Jesus and keeps me healthy, you know? So I'm always upfront, like, um, at a certain point in ministry, um, particularly after I had my first kid, uh, I started having panic attacks mm. and, and, and those of you, the parents are like, well, yeah, you had your first kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we know why that happened. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're not taking care of yourself and you're just chugging, I, I was not really working out. I wasn't eating well or anything like that. Um, you know, take care of yourselves guys and, and enjoy the, the, the mental release that your hobbies give. And, and of course the fitness stuff as well. So those are, those are just kind of some of the things that have been a part of my journey that I, I love. And, um, I, I, I feel very fulfilled in ministry right now. So I'm grateful. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're so grateful that you're here. Um, and as a first time guest, uh, we love to hear a little Ooh. bit about your journey to servant leadership in the church. So what's a, maybe a key moment from your youth where Jesus brought you closer to him or the church? Yeah. So, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in the church and, uh, but I wasn't really like super interested in the church and it was kind of like my parents brought me to church and that was, uh, all well and good, but, um, my interests were elsewhere. You know, I, um, I kind of failed my confirmation test, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I think they still passed me. I think that flew <laughs> under the radar. Um, but we, um, our church got a DCE and that was a big turning point for me as a youth. Um, you know, our DCE was just an awesome, highly relational, fun, loving person, uh, Chris Holder, big shout out to him. He's, oh, yeah. he's an SMP pastor now as yeah. well. And, uh, but, but he really, uh, connected with me and a lot of other youth in our community and really, uh, drew me in to understanding what God was up to in my life and, and beginning of life of, of living on mission for Jesus. And so that, that was huge. And, uh, you know, I've had a number of other mentors, you know, from, uh, Travis Harchin in college was sort of my in-town, uh, you know, guy who, who was helping me out with some in-town classwork that I had to do. Uh, Jim McConnell at Concordia, or, uh, you know, uh, Concordia, Texas. Um, and then my pastors, I've, I've been blessed to have amazing pastors. Uh, you know, Todd Jones, uh, when I served in Arkansas oh, yeah. and Michael Eichel camp, when I served here and, um, have learned so much from, from these godly, uh, mentors in my life and, and they've poured into me. And so that's, you know, just a, a bit of my spiritual journey in a, a nutshell, but, um, man, where would we be if not for the people that have invested in us? Right. Right. Absolutely. That's right. Love as a second, like as you're going through that list of being able to pick out specific people who had invested in you, been praying for you, no doubt probably walked you through some difficult times in life. And as you searched out your vocation, um, and all those types of things that you're going through in those life transitions and opportunities to serve too, and gave you words of wisdom, no doubt about it. And so what a beautiful thing that is. We're blessed to talk about that. I know on the podcast, and we've talked about a lot of different ways too, and glad to have you on to talk about your chapter when you talk about this concept of roles uh, for youth workers. And and uh, you kind of tackled a pretty difficult role, um, I guess, job we felt like in this book a little bit is to take all the roles that you serve in in ministry and boil it down to five or into one chapter that you could probably write a whole book on this. Um, and I'm guessing maybe you probably have to take some time to kind of narrow that down and make sure you had the five you wanted to go with to fit within the parameters. Um, 
and because certainly you write within relational ministry, you're juggling many, many roles uh, through it all. So this wasn't supposed to be an exhaustive list or anything like that, but you give a great job of, of really kind of focusing down a little bit. So I thought maybe just to give the overview of the chapter a little bit, what were those five roles and maybe just a little bit on each one? Totally. You know, we have so many roles and hats that we wear uh, as youth ministry types. And, you know, I, I've worn a number of them. And I know you guys have worn a number of hats throughout your spiritual journey and your leadership journey as well. And I even think of just the encouragement that, that we have to give sometimes for people. Um, you know, I never thought that I would become a pastor. Um, I, I never thought that I would become sort of a campus or, or church planter either. And, and sometimes we we lack the confidence and we, and we lack the vision to see what God is up to in our lives to lead us to those places. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of like a, a fishbowl. Have you heard this idea, right? That some fish don't um, only grow to the size of the fishbowl that they're in. And, you know, apparently this is a myth and it has a lot more to do with nitrogen content in the water and things like that. And, <laughs> you know, how, how well people take care of their small aquariums and stunt their fish's growth. Um, but, but I like this idea that, that sometimes we don't see what God is up to um, until, you know, he moves us along to the next phase or the newer tank or the bigger tank. Um, and then into that new void, um, we grow um, through the, the opportunities and challenges presented and the, and the new hats that we wear. And so, you know, it, it's been an honor. It was an honor to be a part of the book. Um, I, I was joking about it before, but I mean, there's all these uh, people with their doctorates, their professors and teachers in the book. And then there's me. And I'm like, I don't know how you got me, but uh, I was honored to be a part of it. And um, but, you know, some of the, the roles we talked about in the chapter, uh, number one, follower of Jesus, right, that we have to lead people out of the deep well that we're drawing from, uh, from our relationship with God, uh, from his word and a life spent on mission with Jesus. Um, I love in Philemon, I think it's one six where it kind of talks about, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you may know everything good thing that we have in Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's um, when we share our faith and we live life on mission and we're digging into God's word, then it's one of those things where God helps us to understand the faith better and to mm -hmm. uh, really personally grow in as much, even as we try and, and help others to grow. It's mm -hmm. a both and. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mentor uh, friend to, to sort of pour out um, into the lives of our youth and our volunteer team, right? Pouring into our volunteers uh, is just as critical as pouring into the youth that we serve, right? At a certain point, um, you've heard the example, right? That relationally, we only have so many little mm -hmm. Lego pegs in our lives. Yeah. Um, and we have to be equipping other people to help own the, the relational um, connections. Um, the role of spiritual leader in the chapter, right? So this sort of distinctive role of the professional church worker or of the, the lay leader uh, to be a person who teaches and models the faith in everything that they do, right? Um, the idea of being a cultural architect. Um, I view this as a, as a big part of the role that I serve now. Uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's in some way or another, it's a part of all of our roles, whether we're a volunteer or on paid staff or whatever else, right, to set the tone, the values, and the direction of the youth ministry uh, with whatever we've been entrusted to our care uh, and ensuring that, um, particularly in youth ministry, that we don't have a, don't have a different uh, mission or vision than the church has overall, right. mm -hmm. but that it is part of the overall mission that God has given the people of God in that place. And, mm -hmm. and we're helping to cast vision for what it looks like in the lives of our youth. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, that role of boundary keeper, that that role that none of us love, 
the, the least fun role that there is, but also like the critically necessary role that has the highest potential for disaster if yeah. mismanaged. Yeah. Right. So those are some of the hats. Those are some of the hats we wear. Yeah. It, all of these so great. And I think we could do a lot on each one of them, but going to, going to focus just for a second under that follower of Jesus role. Um, you have, talk about the opportunity youth workers have to model the Christian life for youth. Uh, God gives his people gifts to strengthen us as we follow Jesus. And and we recognize that in each kind of era and generation, they might have new circumstances or technology for Christian parents and adults uh, to model that faithful walk with Jesus. Um, so young people today might have a, a lot of different things going on in society around them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of, yeah. um, new technology around them that drive different priorities and perhaps bring some unique challenges uh, to living out the Christian faith. So for today's parents and youth workers, what kind of encouragements or insights do you give about the importance of displaying a life that prioritizes faith and models faith for today's youth? Yeah, that's that's so huge. You know, first off to parents, we got to go there first, right? Uh, you know, small catechism for, for the head of the household and for the family, right? To teach to, to their, uh, the people um, that are under their care. And for our parents, just to understand how critical this role is. And, and really, it's important for us as youth workers and mentors and leaders to understand how important the parent role is and to ally with parents. Um, you know, I had, and maybe you guys had this too, but one of my DCE profs, uh, it may have been Jim, uh, encouraged me to buy a 168 inch rope. And I had this 168 inch rope hanging in my office for a long time. Uh, and, and he encouraged us to sharpie in about two inches of that rope, uh, in the middle and maybe two inches of that rope at the end of the rope and hang it up in your office because 168 is how many hours there are in the week. And it's about how many connection points we have with our youth, right? We may have an hour or two on Sunday, an hour and two for midweek, uh, youth group. Maybe if you go to school lunch, uh, which if you don't, they still let you. Shout out, go to school lunch. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and, but you, you might get five hours a week or, or, you know, roughly to invest in your youth if you're lucky, right? Mm-hmm. And so the rest of those hours belong to their parents um, and, and to their, their home. And so um, it's hugely important. Uh, you know, there's a book uh, called Sticky Faith that really talks about the importance of the parents. Um, and uh, our job is to... A, be a spiritual leader, but also to equip parents uh, in their God-given roles as well. And so I, I think that's a, that's a huge part of it, um, you know, in, in terms of giving encouragement um, and helping to equip uh, and not just doing all the work ourselves, but really raising up sort of all sorts of people to be positive adult role models in the lives uh, of youth. I think, you know, when I was going through school, they used to teach us that developing kids uh, need, growing kids in their faith need like six adult role models that are positive. Uh, in order to grow up healthy and well-adjusted. And I only had five, and that really explains it. But, um, <laughs> well, in, but it's in huge. our seven practices of healthy youth ministry, we say five. So you should be okay. good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> For youth workers, right? And it doesn't matter if you're paid, if you're lay, if you're volunteer, whatever. God has given you the youth that are in your uh, orbit to, to love and to care for and to be authentic with, right? And it doesn't matter your age or your status with the church or whatever else, right? But your authenticity and the genuineness with which you live your own faith life out is a huge example to those um, that you're mentoring. So you talk about uh, mentoring specifically, and some churches will have like a organized process by which maybe an adult 
is connected strongly to maybe a youth or groups of youth. But as a youth worker, you're always probably going to find yourself in mentoring young people if you're doing that specific mm-hmm. ministry. And you've talked about mentors that you've had in different times of your life. Certainly, we all can probably think of those who have taken the time to invest in us and be those godly relationships for us. So when you talk about that, you bring up some kind of some important components to kind of think through. If you can maybe give us a little bit of a feel for that in terms of if you're as you find yourself really getting connected maybe to a specific young person because of interests or something they're going through in life, what are some things as a mentoring relationship you might think about? Sure. Well, you know, in the chapter, it's kind of weird how I title that section. Just to lean into the weirdness of that, I had that mentor-friend hyphenated <laughs> thing. And we normally wouldn't do that. But I think what I was trying to do is lean into this tension that we often feel, particularly as young youth workers, Mm -hmm. in, you know, the the relationship we're supposed to have with our youth. Because often I think we operate really well when we're mentoring people that they're like 10 years uh, to our our younger. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we are we're 10 years older. It's just enough for us to seem wiser but, but yet still relevant uh, in a lot of, a lot of cases or makes it easy to seem relevant. It's, it's kind of a false thing because in, in college, I went to a Bible study led by a, like a 50-year-old couple that were awesome. Yeah. And I learned so much from them. But, um, but often there's this tension because sometimes, especially if we you know, come out of college with a DC certification, we're sometimes four or five years mm-hmm. older um, and removed from our youth, right? And so there's often this tension of we still – we still get some of the same things that our youth get when we're younger. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. now like I'm 37 and, and whatever. And now that, you know, I'm a bit older, it's like, okay, there's a little bit of a gap there of <laughs> I maybe don't enjoy some of the same things and, and get all of the things right. Um, no longer is cool. But, um, but when we're younger, we, we still generally, we might really enjoy being around the youth. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this, there's always this line of like um, what's appropriate mentoring, um, versus friendship, right? And I think, you know, there's some great chap, uh, questions in the chapter for asking yourself those questions, right? Or am I drawing too much emotional validation from the youth? Uh, do I have my own peer group that's different from youth group, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to help keep us grounded. But in general, this idea of mentoring um, is huge. And I think making connections with our youth, however we can, uh, you know, being able to appreciate kind of what they're going through, mm-hmm. but also just being, being real and being authentic. And I think mm-hmm. they really appreciate and latch on to those relationships. Yeah. And you talk there a little bit about those the kind of younger youth workers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the, and you touch in the chapter on the importance of those first 30 days of ministry oh, yeah. for the new worker. Um, and we're in that season. We've got new <laughs> recent grads or interns starting positions at churches. Um, and with the reset of youth ministry, some congregations as they're coming out of COVID, uh, a worker or even a lay leader might feel like they're, there's, they have a new start almost um, as they're trying to figure this uh, next steps out. So what advice do you give to a new youth worker in those first 30 days? And what kind of guidance would you give to the congregation in welcoming that youth worker? Yeah, I would say plan a trip right away. <laughs> um, trips have this great ability to bond people together. Um, you know, I remember, so when I was getting placed as a, as a DCE intern, um, they, they not only like the pastor came down to the placement ceremony, but the whole youth group came down. Wow. And so we got to hang out. Uh, and then like one of the first things we did when I moved to, to Bentonville, Arkansas, which I'm like, I could not point to that on the map. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> thanks so much to Jim, but I did meet my wife there. So it's all good. Um, but, uh, as, as we went on, went on a trip and I'd say go on a trip, whether it's just for fun or for mission, 
those are great opportunities to learn more, um, you know, to have high quality sharing, to do things together that are meaningful and to debrief. I think often the, the example we have from scripture is uh, Jesus, um, you know, pouring into people, sending them out and then bringing them back to debrief. And that, mm-hmm. that's a huge process mm-hmm. for connecting yeah. um, and, and for spiritual growth and also building bonds. And so, yeah, you know, we, I, I think back so fondly to the, the chances I had to connect with um, the youth that were, that were in, in my care uh, on road trips and whatever. And, um, you know, just you, you begin to build funny memories and things like that. And it really helps just solidify the relationship you have so you can continue to pour into them spiritually as a spiritual leader um, and to have really high quality sharing and to have really high quality time digging into God's word together. So, yeah, I think a trip is a huge opportunity to do that. Um, you know, I think in terms of welcoming the, the youth worker uh, at, on the congregational level uh, is, man, just, just pulling out all the stops to be encouraging to them and, mm-hmm. and to just say, well, we're for you. We're yeah. glad you're here. Um, we, we really, we value what you're doing. And, and there's a number of different ways you can do that, right, through, um, you know, tinfoiling their office or, or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, but you can be creative and, and just find ways to, to pour into your, your new youth worker um, and just say, we love what you're up to. And what you're going to do here is going to change hearts and minds for the kingdom of God. I will never forget taking my second call from, from Florida to Chicago and arriving and them going, okay, in the first month you have a mission trip and you have vacation. Bible school. <laughs> yeah. Um, so get, get in there. Um, and, and yeah, and it, it truly like really felt like it set a really amazing tone mm-hmm. for me and really put me light years ahead of where I would have been otherwise um, oh, yeah. in, in getting uh, a chance to just even know kids' names, know something yeah. about them, be able to connect with them, talk with them, um, and, and to be able to see other leaders working with them and to know how to support youth leaders as well. Oh, it's, it's so huge. I remember as a, a new DCE in our congregation, you guys probably had similar experiences of, of they're like, okay, by the way, you're in charge of VBS now. It happens right. in two weeks. Good luck. Right. And all of this stuff, because interns are supposed to get the full experience. And even though children's ministry wasn't going to be my my primary deal, they were like, you're going to get this experience. And uh, I was like, oh, no, what have I gotten into? Right. But uh, it ended up being really great because I think you're just recognizing that we have a role, particularly if you're if you're a staff youth worker, uh, a role to for the the spiritual health of the whole congregation um, and, and not just our specific siloed off part of it and to work with the team. And to get to know the, the families and the kids and so forth, like that's that's so huge. And to um, do do meals with different families and invite other people over and hang out with people outside of church and you know be texting people encouraging notes and 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 going. I really loved how you did this or that on Sunday and, and yeah, just to get dig into the relational ministry. I think um, that's a that's a huge component. Yeah, that's great. Well, as you said, AJ, we've got people that uh, and are a lot of different roles that are in youth work, whether that's volunteer, staff person, called worker, um, sometimes pastors too that are, have multiple hats that they're wearing at, at, at congregations. But you do spend some time to talk about that key important relationship between the youth worker who maybe is not a pastor 
and the pastor themselves to keep that connection there. And again, regardless of what role that youth worker might have within the church or with the time commitment they have. And now you've kind of seen this on both sides of things too, of that relationship. So what are some aspects that you might highlight through your experience between the pastor and the youth worker? Um, and what have you maybe specifically learned on the pastor side of the relationship and ways that maybe you've invested in people working with young people, like you kind of said, equip them to do their work. So I just want you to spend a little bit of time on that. Yeah, totally. And we could have like a whole podcast on this right. as well, right? Uh, right? This would be yeah. huge. I, I think particularly if you're new coming in um, as a youth worker to come in with humility, with a, a, a willingness to learn, to recognize you haven't arrived. I think that's huge. I think I came in the opposite and was like, I know everything and I'm going to do all the things. <laughs> um, and, and, but to just be willing to, to let other people pour into you and introduce you to them, uh, you to their community and so forth and, and to have that spirit and, and they'll love that as well. Um, but I think that relationship between pastor and youth worker um, is so critical. Um, you know, I think having that, that weekly touch point for the sake of, of communication, uh, going, how's it going? What do you need from me? What, do, what can I do for you to be successful this week? Um, you know, in establishing a relationship of trust. Um, if you haven't read The Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey, this is a great book, mm -hmm. but it kind of talks about how with trust, so much um, of, of the headaches and the lack of coordination and the lack of communication goes, goes away, right? Like, so they always give the example of the airport, right? The airport is a low trust environment. And so it sucks up time and resources and money, right? Um, they don't let anybody just walk on a plane uh, for obvious reasons, right? You have to go through the lines and the metal detector and you have to show your ID. And, and, you know, uh, if you're, if you're me and you're pushing a stroller with kids, they're like, we have to take you to the room where we like pat you down and do the bomb thing, you know, and, and whatever else, but there's no trust. Right. And, and, but in a high trust situation, you can do handshake deals, right? You can just uh, trust that someone has your best interest in at heart or when they said something that made you seem like, Oh gosh, that I might've been offended by that. A high trust situation gives people the benefit of the doubt or allows us to reflectively listen or go, Hey, it sounds like you just said this thing that, that was a little offensive. Is that what you meant? Um, developing a relationship of trust is huge. And what that takes is being to lean in with authenticity, uh, to be honest about, um, you know, problems that you see that you want to work on together, uh, in your community or with your relationship, mm -hmm. um, an ability to communicate with high emotional intelligence, you know, so, uh, getting into Pete Scazzaro's like emotionally healthy spirituality, stuff like that, um, is really huge for a solid relationship. Um, you know, hanging out together outside of church, you and your pastor do not have to be like the best friends in the world and, and doing your hair and makeup together. Um, but you can have a, a great relationship uh, and it just takes a little bit of investing in them, you know, from maybe inviting them over to dinner uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, going out for a beer or whatever, or maybe you're going to text them and go, you know what? I really loved your message on Sunday for this reason. Right. Um, maybe, maybe, you know, being, up front in worship, not in your head and follow along with the message like that, that really pours into your pastor, right? Mm -hmm. uh, valuing what they do, um, you know, and, and just being willing to dig in relationally and not having a standoff relationship. I don't know with you guys, what have you guys felt when it comes to developing that solid relationship? I think you've touched on some of the key things about um, communication and in the busyness of ministry and, and carving out that time to make sure not just the details, but even like you said about relational connections that are there in terms of what's going on in your personal life. I think it's so easy in ministry. People get busy um, and just focus oh, on yeah. the tasks 
um, or the, the to do's and just what's on the sheet rather than actually what's going on with the individual and the person. Um, so I think that's, it's part of the, like the healthy thing you said at the beginning part of it too, is just taking care of yourself and taking care of relationships. I think it's so huge um, in terms of when, again, you want to be supporting one another, you guys, you all have hard work you're doing and joy filled, wonderful work. Um, but then again, to be able to, to really look to Jesus and all of that and to be able to have those healthy relationships, I think is to really give energy to the process and direction to the process. So I think you've touched on a huge one there for me, what I've seen. Yeah. Well, and getting to know each other, right. Yeah. Is, is caring about them, knowing about their kids and, yeah. and, and going on a deeper level, right. Uh, if you've done the art of neighboring, there's this thing called the, the chart of shame, which basically reveals that none of us know who our neighbors are or yeah. anything about them. Right. Um, but don't be a stranger with your pastor either, right? Right. right. And, and really care about who they are and what's going on um, in their lives and, and digging into some of those details. Um, and I think a pro tip that I've found too is just, you know, take a personality test together and share your mm-hmm. personality test details. Um, you know, I think you guys do Strengths Finder with with Youth Lead, and we do. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know what your your top strengths are. I'm an arranger, and, nice. and so. I, I love kind of digging into strategy, but not being too rigid around strategy, but, and, and just really digging into, you know, what's, what are your love languages? How do you mm-hmm. like to show appreciation to one yep. another? What are your conflict resolution styles? And, and just really digging into be, below, you know, more than surface level stuff with yeah. your pastor and youth leader. And I think that helps on the leadership side too, to where then your approach doesn't become cookie cutter because that's not what the people are you're ministering to or with. Um, and so I think that helps you recognize too that diversity that you have on your team um, and to be able to find those people who can go into situations in ministry and be the most effective. Um, I think that's one thing that's been helpful for me to, again, not take a cookie cutter approach, but really learn how to best. I mean, we're always going to fall short, obviously, but to try to um, uh, detail and really shape opportunities with individuals for the gifts that God's given to them uh, to make the most of your ministry. Amen. And we do this not just with uh, adults that we're working with, but uh, and as adults, mm-hmm. but it's something that we can do with young people too, right? You talked about we do strength fighters and youth lead. It's not too early for them to be thinking about how God's gifted them, uh, what are their passions, how how can they be a, a strong leader in the church, um, and it's there's some tools that we can use there in building trust and communication uh, to to encourage youth and young people to be in leadership roles, and we've discussed the importance of that um, in other places. Uh, but maybe what insight or experience you have in bringing youth into leadership, especially around building that culture in your youth ministry. Yeah, that's huge, right? To have a youth ministry that's not just dictated down, but really youth involved from the ground up in leading and getting opportunities to lead. You know, as a pastor, one of the things we look at is creating a discipleship pathway and a a leadership pathway in a a community. Um, And with a, a leadership pathway, having progressive steps that allow people to demonstrate and grow in their leadership abilities, um, one of the things that so many churches love small groups is because it's an area where you can give people increased leadership. But if there are small failures that are a part of that leadership, it doesn't like destroy the church. Right. <laughs> um, and so with, with youth uh, is just finding opportunities where they can lead um, and where they can use their giftedness and they can grow uh, that if, if there's a failing, you can let there be failing uh, failure and then follow up and debrief with them later and go like, um, what are the ways I can, I can help you prepare better? And uh, how did you feel that went? And um, what are ways in which we can be better prepared next time and, and so forth, right? Um, you know, so for example, in, in our youth group back in Arkansas, we had a coffee bar that the youth ran. And we even had a, a youth manager and other youth that worked it awesome. on various shifts and 
you know, uh, we had a youth that was responsible for stocking and, uh, you know, they would, we would allow them to come up with their, their own specialty drinks every once in a, once in a while. They had one called the Bantha Blaster, which was like milk and orange juice and, and blue food coloring. So, <laughs> um, that probably never should have happened, but you know, that, that was an opportunity to allow for failure. That's right. And it didn't destroy the church. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But, you know, having a youth band leader, if you're, if you're in a ch- church community that has more modern worship um, and, and just pouring into them, um, having youth leaders that are in charge of hospitality or preparing the space and, and finding opportunities for youth to lead in their giftedness mm-hmm. um, and really pouring into them in that way. And then using that as opportunities to help them to, to grow in leadership. And what I find, too, is that the more youth are in leadership, the more they invite people to come and be a part mm-hmm. of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this is huge, right? This is the re- reason why uh, with podcasts, we invite people to be special guests. We hope that like we reach their orbit of people with, when we get them on <laughs> podcasts, right? Um, just to let the curtain down here uh, a little bit. But, um, you know, when, when, we, when we invite people to be a part of something, it helps them to engage and feel empowered and, and, and feel like they are a part of what you're doing. And it's their thing, too. Um, and so they'll do things like invite tons of friends, uh, and they'll, they'll have new ideas. Like we we had a battle of the rock bands one time where they, we put literally replaced all the instruments on stage with rock band, um, like Xbox video game instruments. And then different teams from the high school came and like competed, um, for battle of the rock bands. And I'll never forget. I think one, one group, um, they played a song that they hit the first note. And then they dropped their instruments. They ran around the building and then they came back in and played the next part of it. Um, but, you know, they, like these are like there's just crazy things that um, that I'm not going to think up. But when they have a little bit of freedom to be creative, it turns into really just kind of a blast. Right. And uh, and recognizing I don't have all the greatest ideas, mm-hmm. but empowering our youth to help lead and to be part of the process uh, makes the whole youth ministry that much more impactful and that much more able to reach people. Thank you so much, AJ. We could keep talking. I know not only on the roles, but a lot of other things within youth ministry. So we're thankful for your time. Just as we kind of wrap up, is there any other details or maybe resources that you would provide for our audience? Yeah. You know, I think when it, when it comes to the trip, obviously I think we want to mention the uh, national youth gathering coming up uh, in 2022 in Houston. I mean, I think that's going to be an awesome opportunity. If you're looking for a trip opportunity uh, you know, to really have a high impact uh, experience with the youth. If you're on this podcast, like uh, I'm so grateful to you for, for joining in. Like God has put you in the place that you're in to invest in your youth and to love on them. Uh, and however he has made you just to be a real and authentic version of you um, in whatever roles, the various roles that you serve uh, to just to, to pour into those youth and, and those leaders and to recognize and to pray into that too. When we planted Renewal Church, I recognized that this is going to be a community that's prayed into existence and uh, that when you lift your youth up in prayer regularly, uh, that they're constantly on your heart and to know that, that God has no grandchildren. He has only Mm. children Mm. uh, and he's not removed from anyone, but he's close Mm -hmm. to all. And he's working on people, the same people that he, that you're getting to work on as a youth worker. um, And that we get to join him in that. And it's a beautiful thing. And God bless the the passion that you have for your youth, uh, whether it's a big group or a small group, uh, know that God's going to do something really cool with that. And so, yeah, thanks for being a part of the podcast and thanks for ministering with us in the kingdom of God. Being a youth leader means that you wear 
lots of hats. Um, you have all sorts of different things that you have to be thinking about, lots of different roles that you're going to take in relationship to the young people you're caring for. Um, and part of being a youth leader is knowing which hats to put on when, <laughs> right? When am I a mentor? When am I setting boundaries? When am I um, trying to model something? When, it's, when am I trying to teach something? Uh, and knowing which hats to put on when really takes a lot of time and energy. Mm -hmm. it, it comes down to being in relationship with your young people, right? It's only through relationship that you're able to make those right distinctions on what role am I taking now and how can I take it well? And I think that relationship side too, I mean, through it all, through your failings, through, I mean, some times of confession and absolution, uh, through some times of, of great success too in ministry that God, that God provides, you're able to be that good example um, and that role model for young people. Um, along with obviously their parents, they get to see other adults who are uh, living in God's grace um, and living their faith um, every day. And so it makes a huge impact on the lives of young people to see a person they care about and cares for them go through life's struggles, but also life's joy and through it all give glory to God and give him credit for all the good things he gives us. Um, really great, creates a great foundation for young people. And part of that role is about helping them to know that we are, we are for them, right? Mm -hmm. We want, we want the best for them. We have their back. We, um, even when we're setting boundaries, mm -hmm. <laughs> even when, mm -hmm. um, make mistakes in relationships really the, for us it's about you know wanting to them to know that they are loved that they are seen both by us but most especially by god um, and that they have people around them who who truly want uh what is good and best for them uh and that's where that relationship comes from and they can trust that yeah. uh, and I think in that communicating that this is why we do these things. Um, it's because we love you and we care for you. Um, and like you said, I think that just builds that trust. And whether that's trust between the youth and the youth worker, a youth and their parent, a parent and the youth worker, youth worker and other leaders in the church, um, the more we can communicate that and show those things, uh, I think that stronger youth ministry is going to be your ministry to any age uh, within a congregational context. It can be really important for youth leaders, whether you're a professional church worker who's just getting started or whether you are a new lay leader who's been put into this position, particularly if you are a young person, right? If you're starting into youth ministry as um, as somebody in their early or mid-20s, uh, there can be a lot of um, back and forth internally trying to figure out what is the right posture, what's the right role, what's the right um, way to set good boundaries between you and your young people. So I really appreciate both uh, this idea that, yeah, you want to spend some concerted time with them, say on a trip or or whether it's a, a longer event or making sure that you're building your own home visits, you're, you're doing some kind of active um, programming to make sure that you are getting some intentional time in the lives of those young people, but also asking good questions, making sure that you're setting yourself up with so safe and healthy boundaries um, between you and those young people and, and in your youth ministry. That sets a culture that says like uh, that, that everybody should be healthy and sustainable in those relationships. So a couple of closing questions for you to consider. Uh, what roles in youth ministry do you feel like you do well and which roles do you need to develop or bring other volunteers in to help you with? What can you do to build trust among your youth ministry team and with the young people you serve? 
And finally, how can you help young leaders to feel like they have input into your ministry and create a culture where they can learn about themselves as servant leaders and try new things? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you take on many roles as youth leader. Uh, we know that God is working through you in all your vocations and roles to share the good news of Jesus with with young people. Uh, may you reflect God's light as you mentor and set an example and set culture and set boundaries for your young people in your church. And Gold's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and for caring for the young people of our church.